0: Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Friday, October 13th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's news. In Riverside today, we can expect a high of 82.4 degrees and a low of 61.9. Make sure you stay hydrated and cool. Going into our stories, we begin by navigating the tumultuous waves of the U.S. political landscape and its international repercussions in our comprehensive coverage titled Chaos, Controversy and Changing Dynamics. Up next, we're looking up, but not without proper protection. A rare ring of fire solar eclipse graces our skies tomorrow, October 14th. We have all you need to know, including the essential viewing glasses to keep your eyes safe. Finally, we delve into a critical conversation about maternity care for women of color, seeking to unpick disparities in the system. We examine the necessity of transparency and accountability in this pivotal area. Stay tuned for more on these and other stories on Alex's News. We are beginning our three-part morning segment with a detailed look into the current upheavals in U.S. political leadership and national security concerns. Ethan, Can you tease out what seems to be happening at the moment?
1: Absolutely, Grace. The political landscape is rather rocky currently. The New York Times reports that within the Republican ranks, Steve Scalise, a prominent figure, has withdrawn from the House Speaker race. This leaves a power vacuum and destabilization within the Republican Party.
0: What potential implications could this vacuum have, especially considering the
1: upcoming elections? Well, the ongoing situation may have significant consequences. Take the Louisiana governorship election, for instance. If no candidate receives over 50% of the vote in the primary, the top two candidates move to a runoff, regardless of their party affiliation. With additional Republican candidates, such as Congressman Ralph Abraham and businessman Eddie Rasponi, battling for the same position, it's sure to be a highly competitive race. The race outcome could influence the state's political power balance and might even reverberate at the national level.
0: Looking at things beyond the domestic front, I understand there are some national security concerns involving China?
1: Yes, indeed. As reported by the New York Times, Chinese companies investing in Bitcoin mining operations across the U.S. have raised alarm bells. As these companies use American infrastructure to mine Bitcoin, there are growing concerns about potential Chinese control over the Bitcoin network. This could pose a risk to the country's economic stability and security and accentuate the need for enhanced oversight and regulations of the cryptocurrency industry.
0: Now, moving to a less predictable area of discourse, former President Donald Trump's recent remarks about Hezbollah and Israeli PM Benjamin Netanyahu.
1: Trump's comments suggesting that Israel should take necessary actions to eliminate Hezbollah have been met with widespread bipartisan criticism. Advocating such potential military actions is seen as a move that could escalate conflicts in the Middle East, drawing censure from both Democrats and Republicans.
0: We saw something similar with Republican Ron DeSantis amid his governorship campaign in Florida, didn't we?
1: Yes, that's correct. During his campaign trail in New Hampshire, DeSantis, a staunch Israel supporter, was confronted with queries about civilian casualties during the recent Israeli-Hamas conflict in Gaza. He stood by Israel's right to self-defense while expressing concern for civilian casualties, highlighting the delicate balance politicians must strike when addressing these complex international issues.
2: Speaking
0: of Gaza, there seem to be ongoing humanitarian concerns following the Israeli
1: retaliation. A major humanitarian crisis has unfolded in Gaza, Grace. The New York Times reports that Israelis' retaliatory attacks have left Gazans devoid of crucial amenities like electricity and clean water. Limited supply flow due to the Gaza blockade has compounded the problem. There's an urgent need for international humanitarian aid and a peaceful resolution to the conflict to alleviate civilians suffering in the region.
0: With President Joe Biden at the helm, have there been shifts in U.S.-Israel
1: relations? Absolutely. The Biden administration has brought some changes. The tensions between the U.S. and Israel, quite pronounced during the Trump era, have comparatively eased. Biden has stressed the importance of a two-state solution and has been advocating for de-escalation in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. This clearly signals a departure from the Trump administration's unequivocal support for Israel. As we
0: conclude this first part, are there any other news stories that our viewers should be keeping an eye on?
1: The Financial Times mentions a judge's reprimand to the prosecution in a case involving conflicts in former President Trump's documents, a development reflecting the ongoing legal battles surrounding Trump's presidency. In other news, Vivek Ramaswamy, a Republican candidate, will be debating R. Khanna, a California Democrat, along with other GOP presidential candidates, something to watch as we move towards the 2024 presidential election campaign.
0: Well, that's quite a web of interconnected stories. Thank you, Ethan, for laying it out for us. We'll pick up on a new slate of key stories in the next part of the segment. On to our second story of the day. A significant astronomical event will be drawing millions of eyes skyward soon. An annular solar eclipse, also known as the Ring of Fire. If you're planning to watch this celestial spectacle, you'll want to do it the right way. Our reporter, Chloe, has extensively researched this topic. Chloe, tell us why regular sunglass just won't cut it for eclipse viewing.
2: Absolutely, Grace. While it might seem like a good idea to use regular sunglasses, the truth is, they just don't provide enough protection. NASA, along with other organizations, specifically recommend using approved solar viewing glasses or handheld viewers that meet the ISO 123122 international standard. These devices effectively block harmful ultraviolet and infrared rays, making it safe to watch the eclipse.
0: That's interesting. Now
2: let's delve a little deeper into this Ring of Fire eclipse. Could you tell our listeners what will they observe? Certainly. The annular solar eclipse occurs when the moon positions itself between the sun and the earth. However, unlike a total solar eclipse, the moon does not completely cover the sun. Instead, it leaves the sun's outer rim visible, creating a bright ring around the moon, hence the nickname, Ring of Fire. According to a PBS NewsHour article, it will be visible along a narrow path stretching from Oregon all the way to Brazil. The eclipse within this path can last up to 5 minutes, while the rest of the Western Hemisphere will notice a partial eclipse. Fascinating! And just how many people are
0: expected to witness this rare event?
2: ABC News indicates that over 6.5 million people in the U.S. will have a direct view of the eclipse. An additional 68 to 70 million are estimated to be within a 200-mile viewing distance. The eclipse will progress from Oregon, cutting across multiple states including California, Nevada, and Texas, and will also be visible in Mexico, Central America, and South America.
0: So, this is a pretty extensive event then. Let's return to the safety aspect for a minute. What's the risk if people disregard these safety measures?
2: Well, Grace, the danger of looking directly at the sun during an eclipse without proper eyewear is severe. It can result in serious eye damage, even blindness. USA Today emphasizes the importance of using certified solar eclipse glasses or handheld viewers that meet the ISO 123122 standard. If these are not accessible, alternative means like a pinhole projector or even watching NASA's live online coverage can be used to safely enjoy the event.
0: Incredible Chloe It's impressive how a natural event like this can be both breathtaking and dangerous at the same time. Is there anything that scientists or organizations like NASA hope to gain or learn from this eclipse?
2: Yes, Grace. Observations from these eclipses provide valuable opportunities for scientists to study the sun's outer layer or corona. But these benefits, as grand as they are, are reserved mostly for total solar eclipses, something we can look forward to on April 8, 2024.
0: We'll certainly be marking our calendars. Thanks for the detailed coverage, Chloe.
2: You're welcome, Grace. Always happy to provide valuable info to our viewers. Our final story of
0: the day brings us from the legislative chambers to the hospital wards. We're taking a look at an unfortunately systemic issue of racial disparities in the realm of maternity care, a subject of a recent MedBound article. Specialist Correspondent Ethan is with us today to break this down. Ethan, what's happening here?
1: Thank you, Grace. Yes, this is a complex issue. Currently, there's a substantial concern about the lack of feedback from people of color in healthcare systems, particularly on maternity care. Hospitals are grappling with this because traditionally, the response rates from these communities have been generally low. The power of feedback in driving change is significant, but this power isn't being harnessed well here due to systemic issues.
0: So Ethan, why is this feedback specifically so important?
1: That's a great question, Grace. Feedback is crucial because it helps to pinpoint and address incidents of bias in healthcare, thereby leading to improvements over time. It's even more critical in maternity care since it deals directly with the well-being of two lives, mother and baby. The article suggests that a system needs to be developed to gather this feedback, dissect it by race, and use it to bring direct improvements in care.
0: But surely there must be at least some initiatives that try to develop such systems?
1: Yes, there have been some initiatives proposed, aiming to develop supplemental surveys to reduce maternal health disparities. But these efforts are plagued by funding and regulatory challenges, making quick changes difficult to implement. This also means that the public might not see immediate changes despite these ongoing efforts.
0: How are people tackling this challenge from other angles?
1: Well, it's interesting, Grace there has been some grassroots effort, particularly from black women, to create alternative feedback mechanisms. A prime example is the Earth app, which lets users review hospitals and healthcare providers. The idea is to gather more trusted and invaluable feedback from the community, but thus far, hospitals have shown little motivation to engage with these tools. But do we see any progress made so far? Absolutely, Grace. Despite these challenges, there are positive signs. In California, for instance, hospitals are expected to report disparities in birth outcomes and patient satisfaction. Some states have even begun to reveal rates of C-sections by race. And importantly, partnerships with birth equity groups are aiming to reduce racism in maternity care and provide culturally competent training for health professionals.
0: Can you share some real-life experiences concerning how this issue is impacting individuals?
1: Yes. The article shares the experience of Salam Solomon Caldwell, a black woman, who found a doctor she trusted, but the anxiety still loomed due to lack of information on how she might be treated. Such stories emphasize an urgent need for greater transparency and accountability in maternal healthcare.
0: Overall, what can we expect the future to look like in addressing this issue?
1: The future, Grace, is all about continually driving change from all angles it's about regulatory changes to motivate hospitals to directly address racial disparities in grassroots apps like Earth bringing a ground-up transformation. But most importantly, it's about transparency in patient experiences and improving accountability, from decision-makers to doctors, to ensure equitable quality care.
0: Your insights are really valuable, Ethan. Thank you so much for your dedicated coverage of this important issue. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the 11 Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.